chapter. So glory to God. What are we talking about today? Today we're talking about how to find your purpose. Discovering your purpose. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Uh, we were trying to talk about this yesterday, and then we ended up talking about not quenching the spirit, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the testimony from past Pastor Anthony Wade from up in Ohio, and uh, what a great testimony they had yesterday, just a yeah. move, and uh, that's awesome. So Kelly Brody <laughs> says, hi, Pastor Brian Barrett and Buddy, triple B crew. <laughs> be cubed. <laughs> yeah, amen. So anyway, we're talking about discovering your purpose, and this is one of the questions that we get answered mm-hmm. or asked the most yeah. is, what am I supposed to be doing? You know, um, And I would say that this is one of the questions that actually derails people the most as well is, what is my purpose? We had a whole class on discovering your purpose. And uh, now, and here's one of the things, and I really, I've almost come to despise this is like taking a spiritual gifts test to figure Mm -hmm. out what your purpose is. Like, I understand they can be somewhat valuable if you have no clue what your spiritual gifts are, but a lot of times people, they're they're trying to fill in the blank that Mm -hmm. only God can fill in. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to fill in a blank that only God can fill in. At their time. At at their time, yeah, and not God's. And so one of the things that you see is that... um, one of the things that you see is that as you move forward, you do not want to fill in the blank for God. And that's one of the most dangerous things that you can do. Uh, you've, got multiple, you've got multiple ideas about your purpose. Like some people, some people will say, you need to get on your purpose. You need to find your purpose right now. And if you don't find your purpose, like you're evil. You're you wasting know? your time. You're wasting your time. You know, squandering yeah, what God gave you. The end is near, and if you don't find your purpose, like you're a horrible person, yeah. right? And now, not everybody says that, but some people make you feel that way, mm-hmm. and some people actually just say, "Hey, get to work." But the people receiving that message receive it that way. I'm so awful if I don't know what my ultimate destiny is. Yeah. You know, um, I actually saw a. Uh, a graphic, I think it was this morning, I believe, and the graphic said most the average age of a millionaire is like 57 or 54, something like that. And they're like, if you're in your 20s and you don't know everything, it's okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not it's not like the end of the world. Now we do need to get to work, and we do need to uh, we do need to know what God wants us to do. Yeah. Yeah. We need to be attentive to what he's saying to us in that way. But if you don't know everything about your purpose, that's okay. That's not a bad thing necessarily uh, because maybe, maybe God hasn't spoken that to you yet. You know, think about did, did Moses know his ultimate purpose? Really? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think that, I think Moses got an idea of it when he was still in Egypt, but I don't think he really knew his ultimate purpose until uh, he was 40, yeah. you know, or, or excuse me, when he was 80, you know, because he actually, in front of the burning bush, found out what he was supposed to go do. Um, but then, did he even know it when he was 80? Did he see that as he led the people out of Egypt that he would write, receive the Ten Commandments? 
be with God up on Mount Sinai? Did yeah. he know and foresee that he would write the first five books of the Bible? Did he know all that and all of his purpose? No, he, I guarantee you he didn't know all that stuff. And so we here's one of the things that is so very important. I wish more people were watching this. Share the broadcast. People need This is something that wrecks people's lives, and they need to know. Yeah. So one of the things that you see is that people many, many, many times will be have such a thirst for knowledge and having all the pieces in place that that becomes their source. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. knowing what to do becomes their source. Knowing what to do becomes their source. And uh, so instead of God, and so they don't have a trust in their relationship and so they fear not knowing, yeah. and that becomes their source. And so it's like they've, they've got to fill in the blank. i got to fill in the blank. i got to fill in the blank. What do I do? When do I do it? How do I do it? You don't have to know all that. Yeah. You know, think about, think about Abraham. He said, uh, the Lord said to him in uh, Genesis 12, and actually kind of starts in Genesis 11, and uh, the Lord says, go to a place that I will show you. Well, that began, really, that began his destiny. Yeah. That really began his destiny, but he didn't know. He didn't know the rest of it. He didn't know where exactly. He knew a direction. Yeah. All he knew was a direction, and that was enough. Yeah. yeah. That was enough. He knew a direction, and he knew the timing, go now. Yeah. The what was go south, and the now, the when was now. Yeah. That's all he knew. And he's the father of faith. Did he have to know all the details and his ultimate purpose and that he'd meet Melchizedek and that he would save Lot? And, you know, did he have to know that he'd defeat the five kings there? Did he have to know all of that stuff? No, no, he didn't have to know any of that. So, hey, Lisa, she says, hello from New London. So, no, he didn't have to know all of that stuff at all. Yeah. What did he need to know? He needed to know what God had told him, and that yeah. was it. So there's this fear of not knowing. There's the fear of time passing, like the end is near. So time is short. So I've got to go do something, right? And then there's a fear that I've wasted time, right? Mm -hmm. the, I think these three things are the biggest, and I want you to notice them and, and put these in, in the comments. One of the things that, that pushes people off of their actual destiny is a fear of not knowing, a fear of time being short, and a fear of wasted time, right? But all of those are fears. So even though they sound good on the surface, the root of them is fear. Would you say pride's in there too? Sure, yeah, yeah. You can have a, a pride of, I've got I've to have something to show for myself, which is a a fear of not being good enough or a fear of not being known. Yeah, it's all based in fear. Mm -hmm. And uh, like I've got to I've got to be seen as something, yeah. you know. It's a fear that I won't be seen as doing my part not or doing special. my job or not being special. Yeah. There's there's a fear of that. And so those four things, you know, fear, you know, fear of not knowing, fear of time being short, fear of wasted time. And a, and a pride or a fear of not being, you know, important. Yeah. You know, fear of not being important in that way. 
Um, yeah, that's a great one to add to it. Major, major things. And so now if you look at all of those things, they will push you to fill in a blank maybe before God has said it. Yeah. yeah. Before Now watch this, before God has authored it. Yep. Right? So think about this. If he is the author and finisher of our faith, if he hasn't authored it, how can it be finished? Yeah. Right? So if I author it, if I'm the originator of that so-called destiny and purpose, then, then I'm going to, or even another man, you know, an, another man or woman, if somebody else is the author, then they're the ones that has to finish it, but they don't have the power to finish it. On my own, I don't have the power to finish it. Yeah. God has to author it and finish it, yep. right? And so, in other words, it has to start with him. I can't fill in the blank just because I think it's a good idea, right? It's really fun. Well, it's the Holy Spirit that you phrased it in that particular way because the Holy Spirit yesterday said that almost verbatim statement to me as mm. he and I were talking of, I can't finish what I didn't begin to write. Really? Like, he and I were talking just about... Yeah. I'm, my thesis is on destiny and fulfilling your destiny. Yeah. So I was just meditating on it, and he, he brought that statement that's up awesome. to me. That's awesome. That's the Holy Ghost. And so one of the things that you see is that many times we will, yeah, we have to understand this, that we, we were fearfully and wonderfully made. And, and our uh, ability to see and to think and our brain's ability to figure out a solution and fill in the gap is amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. And it will try to fill in that gap. Yeah. Um, and, but when you look at 1 Corinthians 13, 3, it's such a huge scripture. It says, I'm, I'm going to basically go at it backwards, is there is zero profit ever in this time or in the world to come, there is zero profit if you are outside of God, if you are outside who is love. If you're outside of love who is God, there is zero profit even if it looks really good like giving all your stuff to the poor or yeah. giving your body to be burned. So now apply it in this way. Let's say, let's say that... Um, we fill in the blank with our mind to say, this is what I'm called to be. This is what I feel like I'm supposed to do, but God didn't author it. And the rest of our life, we go after that blank that we filled in, not God. That means we gave our whole life. It's all burnt up for one purpose that God didn't author. Yep. That means God's not in it. That means it's not in love. And, and the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 13, 3, it profits us zero, yep. nothing. And that doesn't just mean in the earth. It means in the earth and in eternity. So, for example, I mean, it's really simple. If God called you to be uh, a lawyer, but you thought it would be best to be a pastor, that whole pastoring profits you zero, Yeah. right? Yeah. Now, in the middle of that, if God tells you to do something in the middle of that, then you would profit from that. But the whole of your quote-unquote destiny of being a pastor because we authored it and God didn't, it profits us nothing. Whereas if you go to be a lawyer because that's what he said, then you will have great profit now and in the time to come. 
Or let's say that God called you to be a pastor, but you didn't want to do that. You didn't think they made enough money. You thought it was hard. You grew up in a pastor's home and you were fearful of it yeah. or something like that or any fivefold minister or whatever. Yeah. And you go be a lawyer. You go be a businessman and make millions. Even if you fund the kingdom, it profits you nothing because God didn't tell you to be there. Yep. Yeah. Now, in the middle of being there, if he told you something to do, okay, I want to, I want you to give, you know, hundred grand to this ministry or something like that. Okay, fine. You will have a profit on that individual thing, but not on your overall destiny because right. he didn't author it. Yeah. So, how important is this? That's huge. We're, we're, because we're not just talking about, we're not just talking about what we receive on the earth. We're talking about blessings and awards yeah. in eternity that are multiplied by the eternal. So, I mean, think about, you know, one small blessing multiplied by eternity. This is huge, yeah. huge blessings because it's unending blessing. Yeah. And uh, it's multiplied by, it's you know, uh, supernaturally, exponentially in eternity. Yeah. This is a huge, huge thing, yeah. you know. This is a huge thing. So, yeah. is it something we should play with? No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And uh, we need to make sure that we are not playing with this. So that's kind of the setup because our destiny and our purpose is not something that we should just flippantly receive or go after. Yeah. It's something that we should take some time on, mm -hmm. make sure that our bias is not in play, make sure that our brain is not trying to fill in the gap, make sure that our fears are not driving us, you yeah. know. And um, in that process, I see a lot of people that, that they think that they're doing good and they've heard it from somebody else generally where it's like, well, you got to go, 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 go now. You know, you got to hustle. That's not really what the Bible says. Like, mm -hmm. do we need to work and do we need to work hard? Yes. But are we called to hustle like the world hustles? You know, in a, in a mm -hmm. uh, sweat of the brow type of toil no, we're called to hear from God, hear from heaven, and simply be obedient to whatever he said. Yeah. If that's worked hard, you know, uh, tonight, if it's, if it's maybe knock out a project one week and you work really hard that week or that month or whatever it is, okay, great, then do that. Then do that, but hear from God. Yeah. We, can, we can rest on him. Well, so. Kevin put in the comments, Pastor, I don't necessarily have a fear of all those things that you mentioned, but rather, I've had a fear that God spoke and I didn't hear it. And Kelly said to her too. And one thing that I've learned from you, because I came into the ministry yeah. very much wanting to know, like very much wanting to know what my destiny was, what my purpose was. And I would ask you like as often as I could, what, what, what's God telling you about me? Yeah. And what I had to learn from you is that God not only is capable of talking to me in a way that I understand, yeah. But he's also merciful enough to repeat himself. Yes. Like yes. he, because he loves me and he desires for me to fulfill the plans he's called for me to do yeah. more than I desire to do them. If I missed hearing him, he's merciful. He's gonna yeah. say it again because he loves me. Well, and and we're gonna address that as well. And so I think I think that's viable to put up as a fifth reason is fear of missing it. I yeah. think that's very good. But what you'll find is in the fear of missing it, you go back to the first four. Mm -hmm. Like you try to fill in the blank, you know. Um, but I still, I think that's a viable fear there yeah. is a fear of missing it. And, but should we fear? 
Mm-mm. ever. No. You know, it's like what you said on Sunday, which I love. Like, what does God say about worry? Don't. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Don't. You know, that was great. And, uh, but, so should we fear? Should we worry about missing it? Mm-mm. No. No, we shouldn't. And and I've had all of those. I've, I've, I've gone through all of those Same. in time. And uh, the issue is we don't want to be out of place. We don't want to be in a fear. Uh, we don't want to be in pride. We just want to be obedient. We have to trust God. Think about this. If I will do what he said to do, come to him. Like Matthew 11, 28 through 30. If I will come to him, he will make it easy and light, and he will teach me his ways. He will show me what I need, right? Yeah. But the key is I have to come to him. But what you'll find is in sometimes... And we think we're coming to them, but what we're really doing is we're bringing our fears and we're filling in that gap. We're filling in that blank, right? And we're trying to make something happen because we don't realize, we really haven't searched our core and we haven't really uh, determined or discerned is there a bias or not. And so because of that, one of the first things, if we're going to come to Jesus, one of the first things we need to do is make sure that we come wholehearted, yeah. come with all of our heart, you know. And uh, one of the things, one of the things that you'll see, like in Jeremiah twenty nine, I've, I've got it marked. Jeremiah twenty nine, uh, eleven. Just read, buddy, if you would. Jeremiah twenty nine, eleven through the first part of fourteen. Yep. My favorites. Jeremiah twenty nine, eleven through yeah. the first part of fourteen. Yeah. Um, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. There you go. So one of the major keys in this is he's talking about giving us a future and a hope. He's talking about our destiny and our purpose especially in verse 11, he says, I have plans for you, mm-hmm. uh, plans for you to fare well. I say it like that so we don't confuse it, confuse it with the welfare system, yeah. which is the, like the opposite of what that's saying. And uh, he says, not for calamity, but to give you a future and a hope, and Bible hope is joy, confidence, expectation. God has a joy for us. He has a confidence in our destiny yeah. and purpose. He has an, we should have an expectation for it. All of that is wrapped up in the Lord. But one of the things he shows is that when you come to him and you call on him, you have to call on him with all your heart. Yeah. So I don't come in with, well, I've been told this all my life that this is what I'm going to be. No, like people can miss it. You yeah. know, people can miss it. We can miss it. I could feel all my life that I'm supposed to be one thing or another and then come to find out that wasn't what I was supposed to be at all. And so I want to make sure that I am constantly yielding any bias that I have, but I've got to come to God with all my heart. So to give an example of that, and if I'll come to him with all my heart, I will find him. He will be found of me, right? (laughs) If I search for him with all my heart. Now, but the issue, to give an example of that is, you know, and I, I had this come up at one point is, you're picking out a car, and it's a red car or a blue car, right? 
I can't go in, let's say that I wanted the red car. I can't go into that and go, God, now which car do you want me to have? But on the inside, I'm thinking, but I really want the red car, mm-hmm. right? Now, yeah. I'm biased. I'm bi- I really want it to be this way. I'm biased. I need to say, God, you are so good. You are so great that whatever you say, whatever you say is going to be the absolute best for me. I trust your love. I trust that you can see everything. I trust that you know everything. I trust that you have my best in your heart. And so I know whatever you tell me, in this case, red or blue car, whatever you tell me, it will be the absolute best. So I don't care. I am completely unbiased. I, I don't care which one it is. Yeah, I might have wanted that red car. I legitimate and I search my heart until I'm completely unbiased in it. And I really, if he said blue, I'm going to be just as excited about that as I would have been about the red. But the truth is, when we've not learned to practice this, when the Lord says the other, when we have a bias and when he says the other one, we actually like, on the inside, we might not show it on our face, but on the inside, we're like, oh, man, yeah. Yeah, I, I really wanted it to be the red. If we have that reaction, we were not unbiased. Mm-hmm. You, you see what I mean? Yeah. And that means what we're receiving can be tainted. Yeah. It's really hard for us to hear clearly if we have a taintedness of bias in yeah. there, if God really doesn't have all of our heart. Mm-hmm. And so in our destiny and our purpose, you can have thoughts that you've had. You can have thoughts that people said. You can have uh, what looks glamorous, what looks uh, you know prosperous. You can have so many different things that have a bias in it. And we need to legitimately go before the Lord, lay it out and say, Lord, I don't care. I don't care. But see, here's the issue. This is this is what it comes down to. Have we heard from God? Yeah. Have we actually heard the word from the Lord? And what's really interesting, and uh, Brother Tracy was talking about this last week in Matthew 16, where he says, who do you say, Jesus says to the disciples, who do you say that I am? And he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus says, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, Peter, but the father in heaven revealed this. We know by the Holy Ghost, it was revealed to him. Well, just a couple of verses later, Uh, Peter, Jesus tells them, Peter, you're thinking as men think because he says, don't go to Jerusalem and give your life up. And then Jesus' response is, get behind me, Satan. So in one verse, he's saying, God's speaking through you. In a couple of verses later, he's saying, the devil's speaking through you. Now, why would Peter listen to God one verse and the next few verses be listening to the devil? And watch, because inside of him, it sounded the same. Yep. The same voice. The, the voice that he thought was God was actually the devil. Yep. Right? It, it, it sound, why? Because he had not worked out his own bias, and he had not discerned what the Word t- talks about, you know, to discern between soul and spirit. The Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide asunder yeah. soul and spirit. Yeah. And so now look at this. We're talking about the apostle Peter. And he had been with God long enough, been with Jesus long enough to know some stuff, to get some revelation. And then he 
got false revelation. In the, like in the same chapter, the next set of verses. So if that can happen to him, in all humility, can it happen to me? Well, you better believe it can, right? Now, our job is to work on that so that it, we can, the more we're in the word and the more we come, remember, we've got to come to him. And part of coming to him is to get into this word, to get into this word. And as we get into this word, that word will divide the source of the flesh and a corrupted flesh, and it'll divide the source of the Holy Spirit through our spirit. Yeah. And, and the more we get in that word and the more we spend time with God, the more we will see those two separately. But does that mean once we you know, recognize it once that we've got it set for all time? No, that doesn't mean that. It, sim it simply means that we've learned a little bit, yeah. right? We've learned a little bit. And so, but as we continue, and this is why God gave us people of God in our lives that he connected us to, you know, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, yeah. because they will help us. Ultimately, a good, a good pastor, they're not going to tell you what to do. They're going to ask you questions. They're going to say, "What did this? What was this sense that you had? How did this? How did this leading come? How did this leading come to you? You know, yeah. quote unquote, this leading." Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, sometimes, and y'all both have had these experiences. You bring it up to me, and and sometimes I'm like, "That's not God," and and you're like, "What? I thought it was." You know, you both had those, you know, moments, and then you've had other times like. Pastor, is this God? I'm I'm not sure. And I'm like, that's God. And you're like, really? God actually wants that? And you know, yeah. you both had those moments already. And so that's why you have somebody that has experience, has knowledge of the word, has revelation, has been walking and inheriting the promises for a period of time. Not to tell you what to do, but to confirm actually what's already in your heart. And a, and a good pastor that can teach you these things can say, all right, now watch this. How do you have this in your heart? How's this in your heart? What does that feel like? What does that sense? Like the other day, I don't know if they're watching today, but um, uh, Corey and Brandy were talking to me, and they were asking about something. And uh, as soon as as soon as soon uh, we were talking on there, man, I, I was asking them. They actually thought that it could be, the, the answer could be this way. And as we were talking, um, the Lord was giving me leading on it as well. And I said, and I asked him a couple of questions. All of a sudden, it's like the light shine. No, it wasn't that way. It's this way. Yeah. And when they made the decision, the, they already had peace in their heart. And that's yeah. what I was leading them to. What do you have <clears throat> peace in your heart? Yeah. You know, why are we even talking about this? Yeah. You know? And all of a sudden, the peace of God flooded their car yeah. and opened it up to them so that they saw it. And, uh, but that's what a good leader will do is help you see what's already written in your heart yeah. that God wrote in your heart, not just what's in your mind, yeah. but what's, what has the Holy Spirit deposited in your spirit? Because in, in Romans 8, it says that the children of God are led by the Spirit of God, but it also says there that the Holy Spirit will communicate or witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So in one of the most important things we could ever know that we're born again, the way that God does that is the Holy Spirit talks yeah. to our spirit yeah. and puts it on our heart. And of course, Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. So God will give you a peace. Always follow that peace. Now that we're not, and I'll just as a disclaimer, we're not talking about peace in your mind. 
We're talking about peace in your heart. And if you don't know the difference, get around people that know the difference that you can ask questions of. But we're talking about peace of God in your heart. See, you can have peace in your head that's biased. Like, I want to go do this. Yes, I'm peaceful about that in my thoughts. But in your heart, you can have a check. Like, no, that's not right. That's not right. So you follow the peace of God in your heart that he's leading to your spirit. Well, one of the things that I've, and I mean, I could share in so many different ways, and that's not the purpose of right now, but I've done this wrong so many different, at so many different points in my life that I have really taken time to seek out for myself, why do I care? Like, truly, why do I care what my purpose is in God? Great question. Yeah, great question. Well, because that was my God for so long. Like, my desire to know ended up... Your purpose is what you were serving instead of God. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, the desire to know, the desire to be used was so great in me that I, I needed to go to the Lord and be like, why is this so big? And what the Lord had revealed to me at that point was... I desired to do my purpose because I didn't trust that I was capable of, yeah. of true fellowship and intimacy. Yeah. Because what I've, what I've learned is that when I am in the point of my fellowship is good with the Lord, like I, we're fellowshipping regularly, and that trust of him is there, I don't care. Yeah. I yeah. don't care what the future holds. Not that I don't care, yeah. but like it's not this constant thought of what am I supposed to do? What's it going to look like? What are my actions going to be? Like, what do I have to do to make sure I get there? Yeah. That's not a thought. My focus is, Lord, I love you. Yeah. And when that shifted in me, everything else shifted. Like, I stopped asking you, what, what do you think I'm going to do in five yeah. years? What, what's my next thing in the ministry going to be like? And my question was, why are you asking that? And I honestly, I did because yeah. in my head it was well, yeah, because I want to serve the Lord and be pleasing to yeah. Him. And you're the important thing to you in those moments, and and I've had it not just with you, yeah. with multiple people. I've had it with myself. It's why I knew how sure. to ask the question because the Holy Ghost asked me the same questions. Is the important thing was not answering the question. Yeah. The important thing was why is that so burdensome to you that you won't let it go? Well, and you know, why are you asking that question? Well, and the Lord. Here's the thing, like the Lord. Why is it driving you? The you Lord know? will reveal things as yeah. it's time to know them. Yeah. But you've said for years, like not to despise foundation laying, like, but truly allow the Lord to build that foundation within you yeah. in order for God to, and not always, because there are kids that find out, like yeah. Jonathan yeah. Shuttlesworth found out from an angel he was supposed to be an evangelist. Yeah. And praise God. But for the majority of people, it's one step at a time that the yeah. Lord reveals things of that nature. Yeah. Not everybody, but sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Elisha, do you think Elisha actually knew his full purpose and destiny while while he was serving Elijah? But it's the, I don't. it's the key that he was serving Elijah or yeah. and f- maintaining a foundation yeah. of character that allowed the Lord to then reveal a destiny to him. Yes. And that foundation laying came from him needing to Understand how to fellowship yeah. from the Lord. Understand how to see things yeah. and, and know. And intimacy yeah. with him has everything to do with how quick we can know the next step. Because 
it's it's and that's not a caveat to be like okay go fellowship with the lord so you can know more that's a check the box thing but as we are intimate with him he's able to entrust us with more things as we're doing those things yep did you have something no. okay you have more go for it okay all right so now brandy says watching <laughs> so now i'm going to say something i'm going to in just a few minutes i'm going to show what the purpose and destiny is of anybody who ever watches this, by mm-hmm. the word. Yeah. I'm going to show you the, your purpose and destiny. No matter who you are or where you are, I'm going to show you. There's, there's going to be a part of it that is your purpose and destiny for everybody that's watching. Yeah. No, I, no question. That's not, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not, that's not trying to hook you. I'm getting ready to show you. And, uh, but one of the things that I want you to see is this, is that the key is, that God spoke it. Yeah. That God spoke it. Not that we imagined it, not that we came derived it. Yeah. But not that we came up with it, but did God speak it because if it's not in God, remember it, Jesus said, "If you love me, you will keep my commandments." If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And so one of the things that we see is that it is vitally important that we hear from the Lord yeah. on this. But the the issue is, and this is kind of what you're getting at, is the issue is we have not had faith that we can actually hear from God on this clearly. So we yeah. feel like we need to help Him. Yep. Right. We feel like we're not we're not adequate enough to hear Him, but He's merciful to hear. Here's the other thing: we don't feel like honestly, and if we if we'll boil it down to what we actually believe, and we're truthful with ourselves. We have not believed that God can do a supernatural miracle work after 30 or 40 years of not being known to do something that all all of a sudden overnight you become well-known. We've not believed that. We haven't believed that God could raise up a miracle ministry out of the ground, you know, overnight uh, so we, what happens is when we don't see the level of ministry or the level of purpose or destiny coming to pass at the rate that we think in the flesh logically should be seen yeah. in this earth, then we try to make it happen. Yeah. And the truth is we don't trust him to do that. We don't trust him to build it. We don't trust, uh, we don't trust him to hear from him in that way. And we've got to become reliant on God's love and mercy and the fellowship that he wants to have with us. We can't, we can't keep saying we're serving God without hearing from him. We've got to grow in our ability to be led and grow in our fellowship with him and so that we can fulfill that purpose and destiny. The issue is we, many times I've watched people, they attack their whole purpose and destiny and all of their life by logic, by what people think they should do, what their parents said, what the, what the mentors around them said, yeah. but not because God actually said yeah. it. And so the first thing we want to do is go back to the standard of the word, which is a supernatural book, and find our purpose and our destiny yeah. there. And it's there. And let me, let me start with this. In Mark chapter 3 and verse 13 through 15. Mark chapter 3. I'm going to read this in the King James because it has a word that I want, that I want you to see, okay? And, and now I want you to see this because what he's about to say 
what he's about to say in Mark 3, 13 through 15. Put that in the comments. Yeah, is for every believer. It's for every believer that's watching this. Every believer. And it, he's talking to his disciples, but it's a way of God. Yeah. It's a way of God. And we see this throughout other scripture. It's verified in multiple witnesses. But I want you to see this. And Jesus goeth up into a mountain and calleth unto him whom he would, and they came unto him. Okay, so most of the people that will be watching this, God has called you. Yeah. You're watching this because God has called you, right? That you have a relationship with him. He's called you. So you're already in this verse, and we've come to him. That's why you even care about watching this, right? He's called you. Verse 14, and he ordained 12 that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out devils. So see, most people look at their purpose and destiny just from a, let's look at it from a preacher's point of view, okay? My purpose and destiny is to cast out devils, heal sicknesses, and to preach. And that's what they say their purpose is. But their real purpose is what he ordained them to do. Mm -hmm. That was the end result of the ordination. The ordination, the separation was what? And he ordained 12 that they should be with him. Mm -hmm. That they should be with him. That was what they were called to do. Be with God. That's the beginning of it. Now, that's not everybody's purpose and destiny in the sense of that's the end goal. And not everybody's called to preach uh, in the in the sense of being a fivefold ministry, but we all are called to preach the gospel to every living creature, right? To we are called to, to proclaim His goodness, huh? The to give an account. To give an account. The Great Commission. We should all be ready to give an account for the hope that's with us, since what you're talking about. But we should all, in the Great Commission, go and yeah. preach the gospel to all the nations, to all the people groups. Uh, we're called to win souls and make disciples. So. But what is the real beginning of that purpose and destiny? To be with Jesus. Yeah. yeah. To be with him. To be with him. And so we need to be in intimate fellowship with God, which is the whole reason that Jesus opened the door to the Father is so that we would have a doorway to enter into his presence. And from his presence in him, Acts 17, 28, in him we live and move and have our being. Yeah. In him, we live and move and have our being. So all of our, and put this in the comments, all of our purpose and destiny generates in him. All of our purpose and our destiny originates in Christ, in him, in Jesus. All of our purpose and our destiny originates in him another meme, <laughs> a graphic. We were talking about yesterday. I didn't say we need to make a graphic. I said we need to make a meme. So, anyway. so all of our purpose and destiny originates in him. If it doesn't originate, now watch this. When I say in him, I'm not just saying he's the one who said it. I'm saying in our fellowship with him, yep. in our abiding in him, right? And so you're not going to find your ultimate purpose and destiny if you're not abiding. Yeah. You're not going to find it, but you will find it when you abide in him. And that is where 
the provision will come forth from it. That's where you will hear the word. That's where things that need to be created for that purpose and destiny will be created. That's where we will know what to do, how to do it, where to go. All of it is in him. He ordained them. He called them. He separated them and us to be with him. And so now you go over into Acts chapter 4, and you see in Acts chapter, was it verse 13, I think it is? Acts chapter 4, I think it's verse 13, where it says, they knew these were uneducated men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, these were uneducated men, but they could tell something. They had been with Jesus. Yeah. The, the first step of your destiny and purpose is to, be, is to abide in him. Amen. Is to abide in him. And he's ordained us to do that. He separated us to be able to do that. We have to spend time with him. Amen. Okay? Now, this the second thing is this also. All right, now, the second part of it is this. Okay, we originate in him, but what is it that we do outside of our relationship with him? What is every person's call and purpose and destiny? This is something that I think has really, really, really been, been missed. Let's, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And look at uh, verse 8 first, of, of course. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 8. And it says, When he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. Verse 11, it shows you that gifts. And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers. Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man this on this level to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ, the fullness of his anointing, the fullness of Jesus, the fullness of that. So the church is supposed to grow with the help of the fivefold ministry to do the work of the ministry till they look like Jesus. They they act like Jesus. They lay hands on people like Jesus. Yeah. They see people healed yeah. like Jesus. They walk like him, talk like him, think like him, act like him, manifest the power of God like him. Yeah. That, that's our purpose and our destiny there. Every person in the body of Christ, and even if they're not in the body of Christ, that's what they're called to be. Yeah. Now, all of this, now I want you to see this, is go to 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 18. Your purpose and your destiny. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 18. I'm going to say something here in a minute that we really, really need to get. We need to see this truth and we need to understand it. All right? He says, but now God has placed the members, each one of them in the body, just as he desired. There is a placement. You want to talk about your purpose and destiny, Your per- every believer's purpose and destiny, and even if you're not a believer, you've never accepted Christ, 
God desires that you accept Christ, and as soon as you do, this purpose and destiny is yours. Yeah. Everyone is called to do the work of ministry. Yep. Every one of us, to preach the gospel to all the world, to make disciples, win souls, make disciples. Mark 16, walk in power, supernatural. To do the things at the level that Jesus did, and we do that with the help of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. 1 Corinthians 12, 18 says that God has placed the members in the body. Yeah. So our purpose and destiny is never found outside of the body of Christ. Yep. Our purpose and destiny is abiding in him, and it's placed in the body, not where we feel comfortable, not where our children like to go, yeah. but where God has placed us in the body. Yeah. Yeah. That is our purpose and destiny. So I'll, I'll say this many times. Our job is not to go and shop churches. Our job is to get on our knees and say, Lord, where would you have me to go? Yeah. Where would you have me to go? And then I go there, and God's a covenant God. Generally, that call is going to be for a lifetime. God doesn't break covenant all the time. But, but, and here's one of the things that's very important is wherever that place is, God has designed you to flourish. Yeah. So wherever, whatever church he's designed you to be a part of, yeah. he's designed that soil and you to blend together and God has placed you there. Your purpose and destiny is found in that place. Yeah. So then you go to Psalms 92, 13 and 14, and it says, planted in the house of the Lord, you flourish in the courts of heaven. This is where your purpose and destiny and your flourishing yeah. is found. Yeah. Now, I want you to see this. Well, that's not my purpose and destiny. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why not? Why not? Well, that's not big enough? If it wasn't, it, it, then why did God say it? Why did God say it? The purpose and destiny, and this is what I want us to get and I want us to see. How does most of the ministry in the world take place? Now, if ministry is defined by a preacher up on the platform ministering, then you would maybe say through the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But then why then in, in Ephesians 4 does God say that those guys are just to train up and equip the saints for the work of ministry? Yeah. So where does most of the ministry take place? In the minority of the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers? Or does it come through, is it supposed to come through the working and the ministry of the saints? Yeah. The working and the ministry of the saints. Not, not just the apostles. Yes, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastor, and teacher, you know, many times they're glorified and those positions are glorified beyond what they should be. They should be honored, absolutely. The Bible shows us that they should be honored, but not glorified yeah. in the sense that we worship that role, yep. right? It's just a role. It's a role. Should that role and that office be honored? Absolutely. It's, the Bible's very clear on that. The elders that rule are worthy of double honor. Yes, we should absolutely honor that. But the purpose and destiny for the majority of people is found in the local church. Yeah. It's the local church that does the ministry in each community and touches these lives. Our purpose, I want you to put this in the comments right now. Our purpose and destiny is found in the local church. Yeah. In the local church. 
even the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers yeah. are all serving the local church. Mm -hmm. And that's how they serve the global church, right? It's all to the local church, which becomes the global yeah. church. It's all found there. Well, and one of the things that I've, I've noticed, even within myself, is that at least over here in America, there's been this weird, wrong perspective of what the local church is. Yeah. And it's seen as, here's the inside of the walls, here's Sunday morning. And so, okay, well, I think for, at least for me, where when you have said in the past, your purpose is inside of the church, it's, well, my purpose is to be a cameraman forever. Cool. That's, that's my purpose. One day a week, I get to do it. But it's so much bigger than that because it's the church isn't just so one bigger. day. The church is a vision. Yes. You know, the church, and, and it's so cool. I'm, I'm glad that Sittler's on right now because Hannah, either today or yesterday, just prayed out at 6 a.m. prayer, Lord, give the people a, a revelation of what your vision truly is. Yes. Like yeah. she, that came out through Hannah. Yes. And praise God for it because the vision here at Boomerang, I am that vision. Yes. Like it's not yes. a Sunday morning vision where we're a house of prayer Sunday morning, a house of love just that one day, living yes. in abundance just once. No, my job, my purpose, my soil is I bear it now and to become a house of love and prayer, living yes. in abundance yes. in the glory, winning souls and making yes. disciples for Jesus. That's my job. Yes. And so to say that I am, my destiny is within the picture of the church. Of course, there's yeah. places to serve. Of course, there's things to do to the technicalities of ministry, but there's a day-to-day -day revelation of living out the vision that God's yes. given to a body that you're then part of. Yeah. Well, one of the things that we see is many times, like, does God want us to think big and to have bigger vision and bigger dreams and bigger purpose and bigger... Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But watch this. But those things are found while you're doing the purpose and destiny that we have the Word of yeah. God on. It's while we are about His work that He opens up more. Yeah. It's while we're being obedient to what He's already said that we're doing more. One of the places I want to go is Colossians 3.23. And, and I want you to see this. Colossians 3.23. This, this is huge. It says, Colossians 3.23, Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men. Yeah. So what that says is, basically, if I can rephrase that, whatever you're doing, be 100% at it. Mm -hmm. Like, Go 100% at everything you're doing in that moment. Now, yeah. I want you to see this. So how does that relate? Well, number one, if I'm going to go about a work, I need to do it in excellence. I need to do what it takes to get it done. Um, I, don't have to, I don't have to be a, a fearful perfectionist, but I do uh, everything in honor and excellence. Yeah. Okay, Not in fearful perfectionism, like a worldly perfectionism, but or an, or like a fearful OCD. That's not what we're talking about. But we're doing it in an in a glory glory and honor and an excellence that this is exactly what you were looking for, Father. Yeah. I'm doing it like you're standing here with me, looking over. And, and I many years ago, the Lord gave me the example of, that the Lord told me to construct like a wooden box. 
if I was just building a box without his instruction, it may be, you know, I'm, I would, it'd probably not be square, yeah. you know? But if I knew the, that the Lord was sitting there with me and he said, I want you to construct this perfect box, right? Mm-hmm. Man, I'm going to take extra time to do it right. I'm going to make sure that thing's right. Now, you don't, you don't get to the place where, you know, it, it should take you four hours maybe to make something and you take a year to do it. That's not what he's telling us to do, that we, that we do it on that level unless he gave us that specific instruction. Yeah. But we, we do honor and excellence and we do those things as unto the Lord 100%. All right, so now that's one thing that we have to do, do everything as unto the Lord. But then the other thing is this, let's say that, let's say that I am you know, working at my nine to five job but while I'm working at my nine to five job, I take you know two hours every day, and I watch you know, I watch Lunch Plus without working. Like I stop my work and I watch Lunch Plus. Well, maybe the first hour is my lunch hour, but the second hour, let's say if it goes long that day, I just stopped working. Well, am I doing everything as unto the Lord at my company? No, actually, I'm stealing time from them if I'm being paid for that. I'm stealing time. That's not as unto the Lord. So I should be really in one position doing an action, but I'm doing something else. Well, it's for God. No, you're you're actually being against God in that moment. You know, uh, it, you want to if you can be working, have your earbuds in, be listening to it. That's fine. That's fine. But as long as you're still producing at an excellent level, yeah. right? So you can't be, what this verse also is saying is, don't be, you know, half-heartedly, again, without your whole heart in one position when you should be wholehearted in yeah. it. So this is as unto the Lord. Now watch this. Concern, concerning our purpose and our destiny, many people have been, and I've done this, I, I was doing this, this, is where the Lord corrected me on it. Many people have been so concerned about their future purpose and destiny, they never gave themselves wholeheartedly to now. All Their heart was in the future, but not in the now. They're not serving the Lord in their purpose and destiny, and they'll never reach their real purpose and destiny if they don't give him that now. Absolutely. And so this is a, this is a major Uh, trap and a major stumbling block to a lot of people because they don't realize that what God's calling them to do right now, although the world may look at it with eyes that look of dishonor, God honors it. God calls it, you're being obedient. And we have to put this in the comments. Success is always obedience to God, no matter how we feel about it. Success is always obedience to God, no matter how we feel about it, or anybody else for that matter, right? Success is always obedience. Success is always obedience. Success is always obedience. Success is always obedience. And in order to be obedient, you have to hear from him. I don't need to make something up. I don't need to be thinking down the road and for the future. He's already told me what to do. The majority of all ministry in the earth will come through the local body of believers, the local church. That's where it will come through. That's why he says, bring the tithe into the storehouse. That's the place where the where the funds are distributed. That's the place where the anointing is distributed. That's where the power is distributed. That's where the ministry happens. That's where the work happens in that local storehouse, in that local church. 
It is not a small calling. It is not a small purpose and destiny. You're a part of the biggest move of God across the earth when you're manning the camera, when you're receiving and learning and growing at that. It's in that local church. And then utilizing what you got on on Sunday morning, you know, at your life group throughout Monday through Saturday, right? And the rest of Sunday. It's when you utilize that and you be in your place, winning souls, making disciples, studying to show yourself approved. That is every person's purpose and destiny first. That's there for even even apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. They also are placed in the body and should be serving a local church. They should be serving a local church. That's, That's the greatest. I want you to put this in the comments. The greatest work of God across the earth is the ministry of the local church. Yeah. That's it. And we, the devil, knowing this, has downplayed it and been like, well, you just got to reach for something greater. You just can't, you just got to reach for something greater. You're already doing the greatest work by being planted, yeah. by being in that place. That's our purpose and destiny. And if there is more that's beyond that, if there is more, uh, you know, in the fivefold ministry, that's going to be revealed at the local church yeah. as you're in your place going forward. Yeah. That's exactly the Apostle Paul, one of the greatest men of God ever and greatest ministries. Where did he receive his separation and ordination into apostleship? At a local church meeting. That's where it happens. Yeah. That's it. That's the greatest work of God yeah. across the earth. Period. And so the devil has deceived people into believing that it's not a great work. And that's part of the reason why the local church has not been as strong as it has because people were not in, in, uh, together in momentum and together walking and running with that vision. They've not seen the vision of God in the Bible and they've not got, how can two walk together unless they agree? Write the vision and make it plain that they may run thereby, right? The local church has not been running. They've not been walking together because the devil has deceived uh, the people of God out of the power of the local church. He's deceived them out of the great work that God's doing through that local church. Yeah. That's where the great things come from. So in order for us to actually fulfill the fullness of our purpose and destiny, the great things that God has, we must give ourselves to the soil of his house, which is that local church. And in that place, we will receive all the nutrition. And if there is a call and a purpose beyond, you know, moving up into fivefold ministry or, or something great and mighty, that's all found in the soil of the local church. Yeah. And put this in the comments. Our great purpose and destiny is all found in the soil of the local church. Mm-hmm. The great, great. Our great destiny is found in the soil of the local church. And when we get that, do you know what the local church is going to turn into? Yeah. <laughs> gracious it's going to be glorious yeah which is the whole plan the body of christ turning into a glorious church a glorious gathering yeah you see that amen um well what was just coming to me was just the reality of a planting 
when something is planted, well, planted in the house of the Lord, you will flourish in the courts of heaven. It's in that planting and it's in that soil that you gain all the nutrients, you gain all the strength. That's where it, it's the water that's in the soil that, that draws up in it, you know, that, yes. that, that water. So that, the nutrients, the soil, all the strength you need to even accomplish the, the, everything that you're called yes. to do, yes. that's found in the soil. That's found in the soil. Yeah. And, um, and so it's, yeah, like, I don't know relatively anything about gardening, but if you plant, like, potatoes one year, they'll soak up all the nutrients in that soil. And if you plant, uh, you know, a different plants require different nutrients to, yeah. to grow. Yeah. So if you plant potatoes there again, you know, there's different, you know, yeah. Yeah. the soil's not the soil that needs to be uh, there. You usually plant different things you know, so that they can receive different nutrients or whatever. Yeah. But uh, so specific plants need specific soil. And so that's mm -hmm. why the, we need to make sure that the Lord's the one who's planting us because we don't know the, yes. the specific, it's not just any church that we need. Yes. To, you know, it's a specific planting and a specific soil that the Lord plants for us yeah. that we'll be able to get everything we need. Yes. Like, you, like you said, and everyone's pointing in the comments, our purpose and destiny is found in that soil of where the Lord's, yes. that local church that the Lord's planted yeah. us will get, will gain that strength, that nutrient in everything we need yeah. continuously, not just one time, get everything yes. we need and then just go and do it. Yes. No, it's as I'm planted, I'll continuously be receiving yeah. exactly what I need to, to be able to accomplish that. To fulfill our purpose and destiny, the building blocks of that growth is found in the planting of the soil of the mm -hmm. local church. Yeah. And so one of the things that we see as well is that, you know, we don't get to our purpose and destiny by what we started with, with those five fears. We don't fear time is short. We don't fear missing it. We don't, we don't fear, uh, you know, all those things that we talked about at the beginning. Uh, we don't fear that. That's not the origination of our purpose and destiny. So we can't allow those to push us or sway us in any way. But what we are moved by is the Word of God. And what He shows us in His Word over and over and over again is that the origination of that starts in fellowship with Him, but in that fellowship through the local church we're planted. And, and of course, we know the Scripture where it says, planted in the house of the Lord, we flourish. But planting means unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies. So what that means is when I plant myself, in a local church, yeah. I'm planning myself to that church's vision, yeah. to that house of God's vision, yeah. and here's what's happening. And I let all of my personal vision yep. die. Yep. All of my personal vision has to die. All of my plans has to die to that yeah. soil. This is, this is a part of the process. This is a part of crucifying the flesh. So a lot of people don't have their purpose and destiny seen and figured out because they've never actually crucified their own personal yep. vision yep. and their own personal destiny and their own personal plans. Yeah. You know, uh, a while back we had, we, I've seen it multiple times, but I've watched people who had an idea like in their early adult life and that idea, they never would crucify, and that idea would, uh, would pull them out of the planting of God, yeah. move them from their destiny because they never crucified that idea. They never crucified that worldly identity they, they had accepted and biased, and they would even stamp it many times, well, God told me this. Did God really tell you this? Because I got a, 
probably a hundred reasons why God didn't tell you this, you yeah. know? And it, it's one of those things where it, even if it was God, you can take that. He told us to discern and test the spirit. So I can take that idea and without, without any bias, put that idea on the altar of God and let the fire of God test it. Yeah. If it's God today, it will survive the testing of the fire of God, and it will be God tomorrow. But if it's not God, I'll find out, and praise God, I won't follow down a, a counterfeit destiny path, yeah. right? It's one of those things where we have to be willing to crucify what we've thought, who we've been, yeah. our identity, what people have said, what preachers have taught us, and say, Lord, I yield myself to you, I plant myself in Christ. I plant myself in the soil of the local church. I crucify the flesh, all of its desires, all of its vision, all of its thoughts, all of its identity, and I yield myself to you. Do with me. We become the clay that yeah. the potter can use. Yeah. And in that, then in that place, God can shape us, mold us, turn us into his beautiful masterpiece. His, his workmanship, his, yeah. you know, the greatest peace that we could ever be. He can do that when we yield in that way. Yeah. God, we don't have to promote ourselves, decide no, for no. ourselves, or figure it out ourselves. You know, I've, I've shared the testimony several times about how I thought for years that I was supposed to be a pastor. Like, that's probably going to be a marker in my life that I'm sure. going to run forever. And but really one of your greatest victories because yeah. you... You crucified it, and you gave it to the Lord, and he showed you it for what it was. Yeah, and it was it was a stronghold that I had. I didn't realize that it was yeah. my moment of being like Peter, of having heard from the Lord in the past and then hearing a word that was not the Lord. Like, yeah. that was my yeah. Peter moment. And I remember three days after that revelation came to me, being in the car with you and Marky, and honestly being able to say that I felt the freest I'd ever felt in my entire life. That's awesome. Ever, because I was not trying to force myself into something I couldn't become. And ultimately, that's what had happened, is I had created this thought in my head, and I'd allowed that thought to come of, I need to be a pastor because that's how I'm going to know God is really pleased with me. That if God entrusts this to me, he must love me so much. And so I tried to make myself into something I was never designed to become, yes. ever. And it yeah. was hard and difficult and it didn't work and it was uncomfortable yes and yeah. it, it was it was awful but I truly thought well this is just putting my flesh yeah. down and growing and when I let that go even at the beginning of it when it, <laughs> I wasn't really good at yeah. letting it go when I had started to crucify it I really felt like I could breathe yeah. for the first time and that's what happens when you allow those dreams that we've had to die yes. like that's what happens is Oh my gosh, yeah. I can breathe deeply yeah. again. Like there's a freedom in it that comes because it's not you having to figure it out. Yes. It's not you having to build the house. It's not you needing to figure where you're going. It's allowing the Lord to just teach you when it's time. I can walk knowing yeah. God when it's time for me to know yeah. something, he's going to tell me yeah. I don't need to figure it out. And there was so much freedom that came in that that I had no idea I needed because <laughs> yeah. I had spent so much of my life trying to figure every single step ever out. Yes. That when I was like, well, I clearly know nothing, so yes. <laughs> I'm going to stop trying. 
peace immediately came. That's awesome. Immediately came. And it can come for you too because I have pastors who are here to yeah. help teach and guide me. I have brothers and sisters who are here to help sharpen me. God's going to use those the word and then the people in my life to create guardrails. I'm not going to slip and fall. I've got too much around me. Yeah. yeah. And he's so good. Amen. Glory to God. You have anything else? Hallelujah. Have you gotten something out of this today? And do you know somebody that this would help? Because I'm telling you, it I'm telling you, this is a question and a burden to so many people. And I know that this information will help people if they'll adhere to it and put the word first place in their life. Uh, they will find their purpose and destiny and they will walk it out. And 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 I do want to say, not everybody is uh, only going to be in the local church in terms of a layperson. Yeah. There will be people that are called. I believe in our ministry, we will have a higher number of people that will be called you know, to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And spoken over us. Yeah, but the yeah. issue is don't make it that if God hasn't spoken that and don't assume it uh, if God hasn't spoken it. Let him develop it. He's the builder. See, and that's the big issue is if he's not the builder, we labor in vain, yeah. in vanity. We labor in pride yeah. if we build the house. And that's what many people have done with their purpose and destiny is they've turned into the builder for fear's sake because they want to do a good work and they think that all of that is God, but it's not. Yeah. We don't want to be the builder. We don't want to be the builder at all. We want God to be the builder. And when he's the builder, it becomes a beautiful, beautiful building. Amen. Amen. So I want to pray right now for everybody that's watching. Father, right now in Jesus' name, let every purpose and destiny come to pass now in Jesus' name. Let every person that's watching or hearing this, let their purpose and their destiny be seen and fulfilled. Strengthen them, Lord, to be in their place, to be who you've called them to be. Strengthen them, Father, to be everything they, that you've called them to be. And we praise you and we worship you. We give you the glory. And Lord, we receive now that purpose and destiny to be a part of the local church, to fulfill our place, to be nourished in that place to receive direction, and to stay in beautiful fellowship in Christ, in him. And in that place, we will live and move and have our being. And Lord, in Jesus' name, let every person that's hearing this walk in such a way and be empowered to live in such a way that when they stand in front of God, they will hear these words, well done, yeah. good and faithful servant. Let it be their testimony in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. We just praise God for you. And, uh, you know, we sow this broadcast into the world every weekday. Uh, it, you do not have to give. You don't have to partner. If you would like to, you are welcome to, but you definitely don't have to. We're sowing it into you. So you can go to giveww.org. Uh, you can give Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, text to give, give one time give recurring. Uh, you can give cryptocurrency. I'm even going to put up a way to give in NFTs on there uh, because that's a new thing that's that's uh, out there. But the point is, if you would like to give, you're welcome to do that. Don't give under any pressure. But as you give, give with a, with a heart that's abounding in love and abounding in faith 
to receive an abundance to do every good work. And also, as you give, by faith receive. There's a grace on this ministry to grow, to heal, to be, to be saved from whatever it is that you're facing. There's a grace that God has yeah. given us, and the Bible shows us in Philippians that when you partner, when you take part in a ministry like that, the graces on that ministry comes on your life. And so, Lord, we just pray right now for every person giving Take their heart to give. Multiply that seed. Let them have a supernatural harvest. And Father, let the grace that you have so generously and lovingly given to us, let it come on every giver, every sower that's sowing into what's right and sowing into Boomerang Church. Father, we thank you for it. We praise you for it. And we give you all of the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Glory to God. Thank you, guys. Thank you, sir. Did you receive something today? Amen. Amen. We love you so very much. We'll see you tomorrow for Lunch Plus at 1130. And here's Abigail to wrap everything up. Hey, guys, this was amazing. Truly, if you take this to heart, this can change your life for definitely for the better. So make sure that you like this video and share it. Get it out. Get to your friends. Get it to your family so that it can change their lives. But we also want to let you know, as there is a planting in the local church, we want to invite you to our local church here at Boomerang. We will be having an Easter service on Easter Sunday, and we would love to have you join us. If you don't have a church, um, we will also be having an Easter egg hunt the day before that Saturday. So bring your kids out, bring your family. I mean, you don't even have to have kids, just like if you want some Easter eggs, just come out. And if you want to find them and be a kid again, you know, come on out. <laughs> and we hope to see you there. We love you guys so much. And before then, we're having a broadcast tomorrow and the next day. And I think the day after that. So we'll see you tomorrow at 1130. Bye. <laughs>